What's happening, weirdos? 100. One fucking hundred. Can you believe it? We're running late because this is a 90 minute episode. So we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. We cover that in the episode as well. Mm -hmm. It's a great chat. We take some of your questions, which were awesome. Mm -hmm. Come see uh, me and Val's usually there, always there at Largo. I believe the next one's September 8th. And then on October 17th, which is a Monday, we're going to do a fundraiser for Homeboy Industries, which is going to be awesome. Go to Largo-LA.com for tickets. And if you like the show, please try a Pete's Pick. Katie, roll them Pete's Picks. Like our friends at Everlane, I'm wearing my Everlane jacket. Deal with that. It's my favorite jacket. Uh, And you know what else I love about Everlane is they are a company of integrity and have wonderful values and values should guide the decisions you make throughout your life because when you stick to what's important to your very core, it shows in everything you do and Everlane is certainly no exception to that. Everlane is committed to doing the right thing from start to finish. That means partnering with responsible factories and ensuring every piece of clothing looks and feels great for years to come. This jacket, I have it in uh, blue denim, I have it in black, I have their sweaters. These are not only some of the most ethically made clothes that I own, but they are the best looking and the best feeling and the longest lasting. They have a dedication to finding socially responsible factories through third-party audits with certified partners. They design timeless clothing with quality materials and a focus on durability and longevity, and they have transparency in production costs for every item. That means on their site, you'll see what it costs to make, which is really the only place I've ever seen that. They uh, they are trend-proof with quality made to last. That means say goodbye to unsustainable fad fast fashion. Everlane designs timeless closet staples made with high-quality materials that you can wear over and over again. And frankly, that's what I love the most about them. They are nothing they make is boring, but nothing they make is something like MC Hammer pants that you can only wear one summer in 1993. Every garment is made from the finest material like grade A cashmere, Italian leather, and certified organic cotton. And Everlane strives to use the best materials with the least impact on the planet. So they prioritize sourcing raw materials from transparent, recycled, organic, and renewable sources. So you can look good and feel good about looking good. If you want to do things differently from your core to your closet, shop Everlane. Go to everlane.com slash weird and sign up for 10% off your first order. That's 10% off your first order when you go to everlane.com slash weird and sign up. Everlane, helping people live their best lives with the least impact on the planet. We are also brought to us by our friends. This is another Pete's Pick that has been blowing me away. I subscribed. I used my own promo code to subscribe the first time I tried it because it was incredibly high quality and wonderful CBD. I know there are a lot of CBDs. I know there are a lot of CBD ads on podcasts, but Feels is a premium CBD that will help keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free and delivered directly to your door. I love it. As someone who suffers from, obviously, uh, occasional pain, nervousness, anxiety, and sleeplessness, but doesn't want to have harmful side effects and wants something natural and not pharmaceutical, CBD is a wonderful alternative. It naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. There's no hangover 
or addiction. I love that it keeps my head absolutely clear and I never feel like I need to take it. I always feel in control. Uh, and you, all you have to do is place a few drops of fields under your tongue and you feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is that it's finding your right dose that's important and everyone's dose is different. What feels actually has is a little flight and I got to try three different kinds and dialed in exactly the right dose. Or if you're in need of a dose of chill on the go, pop in one of Feel's new CBD infused mints for a clear-headed feeling and bonus fresh breath. In fact, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide you uh, and guide your personal experience so that you find the perfect dose. The Feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your C- CBD. Joining the Feels monthly membership makes your self-care so easy. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel anytime. I will attest to that. The subscription discount is enormous. So start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to Feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com slash weirdo and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash weirdo to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. That's feels.com slash weirdo. All right, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to 100. The reason we're not saying more in the intro is because it's all in the episode. This is just the intro. Get into it. 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100 episodes, episodes. but I didn't do how you you do how you did it. 100, 100, 100 episodes, 100, 100 memories in this podcast. (laughs) How fitting. Didn't we start this podcast in Ojai? We did. And here we are in Ohio for 100. Ending it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is it. This is it. We're Goodbye. Goodbye. There's also, um, live in my house. I'll be your shelter. Just pay me back with 100 sweet episodes. That's also from Rent. A lot of hundred songs in Rent. I don't get yeah, that that's the, the word we're replacing. Wow, he wrote a lot of songs about a hundred. Yeah. He did write a lot of songs about numbers in that. Yeah. Musical. We were just talking about this, like the, the, the fine line between talent. I'm not saying that fella. I wish I could remember Jonathan, his name. Jonathan. Oh, my God. Taylor Thomas. What's happening to me? How do I... How oh, no, name? it's okay. Oh, you know, I'm... people have enough moments in their life where they can't remember things. They don't need I'm audio so of us not remembering. Weird. Jonathan Larson. Jonathan Larson. Wow, I should be able to remember that. I know. But um, we, we, like knowing people, what point is it like pure talent? Like just like spur of the moment, they're creating stuff in the moment. And at what point, and this isn't not a talent, mm-hmm. but I know I've done this. Where like what you're actually witnessing when you think you're seeing somebody that's just like absolutely pure sterling, like a self-generating star of creativity. When is that just like a series of responses that they've memorized? Yeah. Which is a talent in itself. Yeah. They thought of those at some point. We were talking about Kevin Nealon one night. We were with Kevin Nealon. And by the way, there's no shame in being the rehearse model. 
Yeah. Some people are the rehearse model. I'm a rehearse model. My pinned tweet right now is I just caught myself rehearsing for a casual conversation. <laughs> and that's true. I catch myself all the time projecting into the future and then think like, but like stuff that doesn't matter. Just like, what am I going to say to the hostess or oh, whatever it might absolutely. be? And then Kevin Nealon, you tell the story about the, the Conan story. Oh yeah. So this was on Conan's podcast. I think it was the most recent Dana Carvey episode where they were like, in a green room or at a party or something. And there was a lull in the conversation. So it was just like fades out and we're like, yeah. So, you know, and Kevin Nealon went, where is our waiter? Which is so funny. Such a good life. Bit. And when it made me think back to when I was in seventh grade, it was probably seventh grade. I wanted to knock it down to six cause I was still sleeping in bed mm-hmm. with Ern. It was a queen I slept in bed with my best friend. It's I different mean, for ladies for some reason. I don't, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be. be. I know. I like guess. Brothers on a hotel bed. You know that song? No. Um, it's Death Cab for Cutie. It sounded like Ben Folds for sure. Well, there, there is some crossover. Certainly in my life, I live, I loved both of them. At no, the but same it time. really sounds like, a, like the way that it's kind of, it doesn't turn me off, but that, that's like so. I would prefer, I don't know what I prefer. I don't know what I want. It's boring, but brothers on a hotel bed. <laughs> it's a very sweet song. I bet it is. I bet it is. I take it back. You know what makes it sweeter? I take it back. Is that my brother and I are close and he, we loved that song at the same time, of course. And he thought that it was like a sweet song, like, cause it's about a couple and he's saying we're like brothers on a hotel oh. bed. And my brother was like, isn't that cute? Like they're like playing and wrestling because <laughs> my brother thought and it was I like fun. Yeah. So but it's like they're laying bed. still and they're trying not to touch each other. Exactly. Like brothers on a hotel bed. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Well, I should concede, even though this is the hundredth episode, I'm just like, I'm just sort of in one of those moods that needs to be declared like mm. a mustache. <laughs> Dimitri Martin grew a mustache and I saw him at Rafifi, this club on the Lower East Side in like probably 2005. <laughs> and he was like, he had the mustache and he was like, I keep feeling like it's a friend I have to introduce. <laughs> so that is what that was a reference to. <laughs> Isn't that great? Um, but I feel like I need to introduce just that like I've been man, I've been angry, just like kind of pinched and, and frustrated and, and, and that's okay. I just catch myself like a dad, by the way, Lila's not even here. It's not like anybody's getting on my nerves, Mm -hmm. but like I was trying to (laughs) fix something at the house and like it wasn't working. And like you, you ask yourself, did I pick this project? Cause I knew it wouldn't work. And I had to there was something that wanted to get felt mm-hmm. hard, like a, like a stone, like really angry and mad and frustrated. So you sing to me, I, another way to say this is that like my heart feels just a little bit closed mm-hmm. and I feel a little bit more fear based. And so I want to put up walls and not let mm-hmm. things in. So if you were to sing like brothers on a hotel bed, which still is annoying me like it's it's a the melody of it is annoying to me like brothers on a hotel bed like get the fuck out of here brothers on a it it's not the song we were just talking about this we see with our hearts Mm -hmm. we see with our hearts and right now my heart for 
uh, reasons I'm still unpacking. There's not much to report circumstantially. Mm-hmm. I'm having a lovely weekend. Mm-hmm. Leela's with her cousins. Val and I have been going on dates and getting enough rest, and we're excited to do this podcast. But there's still this like pinch that I have yet to unclench. Mm-hmm. And as such, Brothers on a Hotel Bed is not just like not for me. It's actually like what what fucking idiot would not you obviously but like who would write such a stupid song are you filming me no. i thought you were gonna take your camera out to be like no 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 like when david hasselhoff was super drunk sad by the way and his daughter filmed <laughs> I him know. i thought you were filming me to be like this, this is what is you're, you're like no. when you're a monster well i because do. i don't like how i feel but i want everyone to know even though it's the hundredth episode and we're gonna take <laughs> questions from the fans uh from the weirdos you're getting a saltier Pete. What were you, what were you doing? Um, I was just trying to remember. I'm pretty sure Ben Gibbard was on this he podcast. Was. Yeah. No, Ben was wonderful. Yeah. And he was great. And so and was Ben Folds. Yes, absolutely. I, but you're, that's exactly my point. It's more about point. your mood right now. I can't hear Death Cab for Cutie. In fact, one of the great ways, meaning great, meaning like large and effective ways to summarize my life is these moments of close and these moments of open. And when I'm open, I confuse myself for that thing all the time when really there's just as many moments of feeling hard like a stone as there are as feeling like a marshmallow with a heavy white blanket pulled on it, just so cozy and warm and and delighting and everything. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, I always reference when we went and saw Shakespeare in the park and there was the dance troupe and I was just crying, looking, my heart was open. Yeah. And if I saw that dance troupe now, I'd be like, fucking stupid. These people like, like it really is like red, like yeah. that 70s show. Yeah. The dad. Yeah. Like these people should get a job. Yeah. Like, yeah. You sh- you're, you're not doing like it doesn't. It's not even my fault. I'm, I'm giving myself yeah. permission. I'm just saying there's times of contraction and I happen to be in a contraction, but you know, it's not your fault and it's not even really very personal. It's so, I'm so like the last couple of weeks have been really experiencing and we've mentioned it on this podcast before because it's kind of everything. Um, but you know, the Buddhist idea of, of you have your thoughts and that colors your consciousness or it, it also is you have a, a mind state and that colors your thoughts. So yeah, which came first sort of thing. And yeah, which I wonder because I've heard it both ways and I wonder what they would say, but the mind state thing really works for me because it is like, there've been a couple, there's been some times during this, these last two weeks where I get in like a depressed kind of mind state, which is rarer for me, but you really do like I just look at everything, things that are undeniable. Like I make myself look at undeniable beauty mm. and I'm just the, the voice of it is it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to feel shitty. You said this about like music, like putting on music that can turn your mood around or whatever. Yes. Is this what, am I hearing you correctly? No, but what oh. was that? I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about look at things that are undeniably beautiful because it'll remind you that there's beauty in the world. Oh, no. And I thought, oh, sorry. I was making the the opposite point, which is when I'm in that mind state. Brothers on a hotel bed state. Yeah, things that are undeniable beauty. And I don't get angry about it. No, I found myself mad at, at like, I could be mad at the sky right now. Like, it's just like, I I look at it and like, the, the transient nature of it disturbs me like I was trying to meditate today and I was like 
Get honest, Pete. You just want to feel high. Mm-hmm. You just want to feel happy. Everybody wants to feel happy. Yeah. Like this isn't spiritual. This isn't deep. This isn't unique. Yeah. You're sitting there closing your eyes, contemplating something deep in the hopes that you'll be filled, filled with like an orgasmic rush of pleasure and peace. And then you'll go around defending that feeling of pleasure and peace. Like same old song. You'll, you'll try to hold on to it for as long as you can. Yeah. And then you'll be mad when some loud talking guy at the restaurant last night disrupts it, telling us about, not us, but he might as well have been telling us about the Ferris Bueller offshoot. Like, <laughs> are you so at loud. our table? Are you at our table? <laughs> like, by the way, like I had a great time last night. I'm just, I, Meaning I haven't felt this way forever. Finish what you were saying though, because I misunderstood you. Well, yeah, I was just saying that it's, it's good to... N- All there really is to do when you're in those mind states that's coloring everything, which really is obvious when you're doing something that you usually enjoy or you're looking at something that you would usually think is beautiful and you're getting either anger or just sort of like a depressed shrug, like a so what or whatever it is. Um, it's, it's just about like noticing that and being like, right. So I'm just in a mood right now. <laughs> like that's this why isn't true. This is the, this is the gift of this podcast, which is why we talked last week about how I like that we're bound by the ads to, to, we have to do it. We don't have to do it, you know, yeah. but you know, there would be some sort of make good with the advertisers if, if we didn't do the ads. So yeah. Okay, here's this very grotesque commercial, and even as I'm in this mood, I'm just sort of like, oh, is this is this am I some sort of shill or something? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think so, but that engine keeps us connecting, and I get to sit here with you and declare it, name it, yeah, not to be too churchy, but that's what Jesus was always doing with with demons. He was always naming them, and he always wanted them to name themselves, and I think those were metaphors mm-hmm. for like neurological disorders, Mm -hmm. things that we understand in a different lens now, but like naming it is like super, super helpful. If it's mentionable, it's manageable. Yes. And I feel better. I feel better. I mean, we've been, we've been talking for 12 minutes and I feel better (laughs) than when we started. And I also think you know, this is not going to be news to anybody who's been listening to this podcast for 100 100 episodes. Um, but the, also the, the move to do after you recognize it is to allow it. Okay. Yes. I'm working my way so slowly through, um, letting go of nothing, but I'm really enjoying it. The author's name is Peter something, and I'm really loving it. And the first thing is, um, I think it's let it in, mm-hmm. let the feeling in. It's very Valerie. Mm-hmm. Again, I think we're at the point, <laughs> I could be wrong. I don't think we're going to read anything that's going to be completely new to us. Yeah. And that's not a brag. It's just like no. these books are just going like, here, let me say it. Mm-hmm. Here, let me say it. Mm-hmm. Here, let me say it. And it's all like, let it in. And then the second step is to let it be. Yeah. And what was really interesting about that, and again, I'm only like, two chapters into this book, but the let it be thing, he was like, and and we've heard these types of techniques before, 
look at yourself with curiosity and openness, Mm -hmm. almost like a visitor to your body Mm -hmm. and go like, what is that? Even if it is like a tension in your shoulders or something. And I do this as I'm falling asleep at night, I'll have a a tension and I go, stop looking at it as anything like drop the label and just kind of send the scouts of your consciousness, Mm -hmm. send a team of them, send way more than it's even asking for. It's asking for like 0.02% of your attention Mm -hmm. to like maintain this knot in your back. Well, let's send everybody mm-hmm. like a surprise party. <laughs> let's get the whole office to yell surprise when this knot walks into the room, the room of our awareness. Mm-hmm. And we all yell surprise. And we're not even mad at it. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, after we yell surprise, the, the metaphor continues to work. It is now free to speak. It's like, oh, wow, you know, this. And you don't even try to rationalize it. You just go, what do you need? Yeah. What do you need? And he, he really hooked me, Peter, the author, because it was like once you sort of get curious and get quiet and let it talk and, and give it your attention. It seems like everything wants attention, by the way. Uh-huh. Everything in the world yeah. wants attention. Yeah, in fact, when we say love, I think often we mean attention. Yeah. What were you going to say? Um, well, no, keep, keep going. Well, just that you can dissolve knots. Uh, yeah. He goes, pain is, is inevitable, but suffering is optional. This is mm-hmm. something we've heard before. And I've been doing that with my body. Let me, let me go ahead. I just was going to say, obviously, you know, we've talked so much about the practice of rain on this podcast, but everything you said is Val, rain. every time you say it though, I forget this might as well be called, we made it. Don't forget rain. <laughs> This might as well be the hundredth episode of We Made It, Don't Forget Rain. Because every time you do, just to give you license, I'm never bored. Mm. It's like remembering that you have, this is kind of a confusing metaphor, but it's like you're in the Wild West, but you have your gun. You have a little, yeah. you have a little you defense. Have a tool. You have a tool. Yeah. A tool would be better. You're in the jungle and you have a machete. You have something that can help get you out of a thick place. And it, let's see if I can do it. Recognize, mm-hmm. allow, mm-hmm. investigate. And nurture. Yeah. So that's what you do with these feelings and like, and letting it, letting it, what was the first one? Letting it in. So recognize and then let be be. allow. And then you were saying the, this guy's ripping off rain. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. No, truth is truth. Same. Truth is truth. And I even take it to the extreme when, when you're, when there is an unwinnable thing, like you're passing, like you're, you're going, you're let's, let's all say for everyone listening, you're a very, very old person and you're going to die. Mm-hmm. I actually think you can do rain there. E- meaning uh-huh. the point yeah. of rain isn't just to remove it. No, it's to transcend it. It's, it's not to solve it. Exactly. It's to be with it. It's to expand big enough to allow it. And to, to get, be. I know it sounds to me, it sounds so impossible, but to be like, this is what it feels like to be mourning. This is what it feels like to be afraid Mm -hmm. of my mortality Mm -hmm. or the unknown or whatever it might be. Right. And to experience those feelings and tell, and to nurture them until we realize that we don't have to be afraid of them. It's like, it's like you go into it. Usually I go into the practice of rain because I want to get rid of the feeling. But by the end of the practice, I'm truly okay with it being there as long as it needs to be, because it has become the object of my compassion. So I, I don't mind that it's there because at that, by the time I'm nurturing it, I'm like, 
well, I'm happy to be here nurturing this. <laughs> you've stepped into a higher self. You've, you've, you've unlocked your true nature. Yeah. I would say right. it's so I guess a way of saying my bad mood. And by the way, I'm glad I'm in a bad mood. Uh, if only to have something to talk about with, if only to have another reason mm. to explore and uncover and dig and share and connect to all the people that are listening. You know what I've been saying on stage lately is I go, I need this. Don't you need this? Yeah. And I'm shocked mm. when the whole crowd, it seems, I'm sure there's some people that are like, I'm doing fine, which is great. But there's so many people that just need, but really I'm saying it to remember that like, yeah, I'm not even here to administer a service mm. or to like succeed. Yeah. Like I need this and you need this. Yeah. Let me, obviously uh, people that have been listening know that I'm current, my current obsession. I tend to get very obsessed and I love when I'm obsessed. It's a great feeling to have something or often someone new to be obsessed with is father Gregory Boyle, who, I mean, I just, it's like, I remember when Katie, Katie Levine, our producer laughed when I was talking about when I was watching surfing documentaries and she laughed and yeah, that helped me see myself for a minute. I was like, Oh, not everybody when they start surfing watches every movie that you can find about mm -hmm. it. It was one of my favorite. It's curious. It's open. And father Greg has already become like, like a father to me. I don't mean in, in her person. I don't mean in reality, mm -hmm. like we're not, hanging out constantly. Although when he did the podcast, it was very sweet and loving and nurturing. And I'm excited for you guys to hear it. But I'm now I'm having this one sided where I'm reading his books and like, I'm getting healed yeah. over and over, um, by these stories. But he told this one, it's a bit of a heartbreaker. He, he's like a stand-up comedian who also just makes you cry. Mm -hmm. Like, like the most consistent, would you like to cry, uh, person, but in a beautiful way, like you're crying. I don't want to spoil it, but his book is called tattoos on the heart. And now I'm reading barking to the choir and they're incredible and he's incredible. But anyway, um, the story that he tells and you can't ruin this story. It's just, it's a diamond. It's a diamond of a story. Mm. He tells this story about this. He calls them homies. These are, these are often former gang members or people living in the projects or whatever it may be in a certain neighborhood in Los Angeles. And he was being like, so many of them are being abused is, is being, uh, beat by his mother. Mm. And he said he used to wear three t-shirts and one of them was to, because he was bleeding, his back was bleeding. And then the second one was because you could still see it. And then the third one was to cover up. So it would just look like he was wearing a white t-shirt. Mm. It's like, I know, it's, it's hard for me to even tell this story, but like his friends, of course, would make fun of him. Like it's a hundred degrees. Why are you wearing three t-shirts? Mm. And he was hiding his wounds and, and now he's a grown man. And he says, now I love my wounds. He was, of course, by the way, I understand every step of the way. You don't want people to know. You, you should let people know, by the way, if something like that is happening, obviously, yeah. but he didn't want to know. And I understand he didn't want people to know. I understand that. And then he you know, had something change. And now he says, and this blew me away. He goes, now I love my wounds because how am I going to help other people with wounds if I don't love my own wounds? Mm. And then father Greg says, if we don't love our wounds, 
we tend to despise the wounded. And I was like, can you get out of my, <laughs> my like most innermost, <laughs> it's like, wow. you'd need to see a Gothic castle, but a Gothic castle that goes down, mm-hmm. not up. Mm-hmm. So like an underground castle. Mm-hmm. And if you went down the longest spiral staircase, mm-hmm. like a turret, mm-hmm. and you're going down and down and down and down, and then there's an old, old three foot thick wooden door you're picturing it perfectly with the like little accents of steel and you open it with one of those keys you're picturing the key perfectly (laughs) big old ring and you open it and you push it open and where my wounds are like my most secret shames are is i hate my own weakness and i despise despise is the right word other people's weakness and i've been trying you know, as much as, and I am still obsessed with Rupert Spira and Eckhart Tolle and, and everybody, um, obviously Richard Rohr, but what Father Greg is teaching me and showing me, he thinks the whole thing is about tenderness. Mm. And I used to recoil at that because I was like, I'm not going to pretend to be tender. Mm. I'm not going to pretend to be loving because it felt phony to me. It's very Holden Caulfield. I'm like, I'm not going to pretend that I love you. Mm. And he never really says this, but he seems like you don't do it for them. You do it for you. Mm. Sorry. He tells this other story. I'm going to try and get back to the despise the wound thing. Cause I, I have something else on that, but he talks, he reminds us of the power we have over one another, which is such a, a passion of mine. Even listening to this podcast, the people listening right now, thank you for, allowing us into your lives because we have this intense power over each other. What you hear, what you consume really matters. And I'm finding this to be the case with Father Greg. So for all my, it's all awareness, experiencing itself, which is great. He's just trying to remind us that, uh, as father, as mother Teresa said, all of the world's ills come from the fact that we forgot we belong to each other. So he tells the story about Larry David. This is in barking to the choir. It's like Larry David goes to a Yankee game and at the seventh inning stretch, um, they're, they point him out in the stands and they announce that it's his birthday. And I don't know how many tens of thousands of people are at a Yankee game, but he gets a standing ovation from everybody. This is during the seventh inning stretch, standing ovation. So it's gotta be, I don't want to embarrass myself. 50,000 people, maybe more. I don't know. Many, many thousands of people in Yankee Stadium. Then they sing in unison, happy birthday and cheer. Okay, big, big moment, Mm -hmm. peak moment. Mm -hmm. A kid, Larry David, I'm sure, went to Yankee Stadium when he was a kid. How could this be happening? Yeah. You know, then he, and apparently Larry's told the story. He goes in the parking lot, someone drives by and goes, Larry, you suck. Oh my God. And of course, because this is what we, it's like what we pay Larry to be for all of us, but we're all this way. He went home that night and couldn't shake the one guy. And Father Greg could, it's what I would do, use this as an example of how broken we are and how neurotic we are and how obsessive we are and how, you know, we're disturbed. We can't accept the standing ovation, but we can, he doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. He actually turns it into an empowering thing. He goes, one person. He goes, one person. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? He doesn't put it on Larry. He actually goes, that's the power 
of one person. And then you go, I can be that person. Mm. He also makes the point, maybe I said this last week, but he's like, we, we don't want people to confuse our kindness for weakness. And then he goes, but I've come to know that the only strength is kindness. Mm. And I'm just like, oh my God, it, it's not being nice so they think you're nice. It's not being loving so they think you're loving. Yeah. It's being loving to be the one person. Mm. It's, to, it's for its own reward. Mm. It, it's to just be that yeah, it's a, it's a game over. I, I'm such a little politician or I was raised to be a little politician. I was like, if I act this way, people will think I have a good heart or that I'm not going to hell. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this goes back to me despising weakness. And you know, I do. You have certain friends that I make fun of because they're clearly just not intelligent in the same way that I value intelligence. Mm-hmm. By the way, of course they are. A lot of these People that I can tease in a moment are geniuses in other areas, but I so despise their weakness because it reminds me of mine. Mm -hmm. So what I've been trying to do, this is a long way to say that instead of tripping out on how this is all, everything is consciousness or whatever it may be, I still enjoy that. I've been trying to go around with just a couple more PB and J's in my lunch, Mm -hmm. just regular motherfucking PB and J's to give away and to eat myself. And which is tenderness, mm-hmm. attention. Father Greg is all about like, it all comes down to attention, mm-hmm. but also that word tenderness and, and, and kindness. So I was shooting night court these past, this past month. I'm, I was very lucky to guest star on it. And I would catch myself, you know, when you're working with people, there are certain people that you're drawn to. I'm drawn to confident people. Mm-hmm. I'm drawn to smart, funny, powerful people because they, they make me go like, well, if I'm, if I'm with this person, if they like me and I'm like them and we sort of, I could even feed us, you know, feel us feeding off of each other. And then inevitably they're going to be people. And these are not bad people, broken people, embarrassing people. These are just people that I can feel their frequency is different. It's a little more shaky. It's not on solid ground. And I would catch myself wanting to distance myself from them, maybe even make fun of them. But this time, PB&Js for their own sake, not so God wouldn't want to kick me into a furnace and not so people would think I was good. I'm talking like, I know I'm virtue signaling right now, but I'm sharing it because I'm telling you, it wasn't a good part of my day. It became my day. Mm-hmm. It was the point of the day. Mm-hmm. I thought the point of the day was to shoot an episode of Night Court. It actually turned out, and I started doing it to see just how like, just how much I could give to what I, just to give it a way of thinking of it. I was like, find the least, find the people that are feeling small mm. or overlooked mm-hmm. and find them and give them PB and J's give them. I, 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 even as I'm saying this, I used to do it because, and this is embarrassing, but you'd be like, Oh, here I am. I'm one of the stars and I'm talking to, you know, fill in a blank here. I'm talking to someone in the studio audience or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I did. I would do it because I was like, I'm a good person. Yeah. You drive home and be like, I'm a good person. And when you're in the moment, And when you're reminded, as Father Greg has reminded me, 
for its own sake, tenderness, for its own sake, because it's beautiful. One person, someone could have driven by Larry David and said, thank you, mm-hmm. or I love you. It might not have, we wouldn't have this great story then, but like mm-hmm. to be that one person and, and, and to not get so deep and so philosophical and just give them a mm-hmm. fucking PB and J. The end. <laughs> I loved all of that. That's so beautiful. But it starts with me loving my wounds. The t-shirt thing. Sorry. Yeah. I just to t- tie it all up. It starts with me going like, I'm in a bad mood. I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. I'm petty. I'm shallow. These are my wounds. I was, we could play back the tape and see where I learned these things. I'm not scapegoating. I'm just saying I absorbed these things. I love that. I love that. I love that. It's okay. And then I can love Others. everybody. Yeah. Well, you see that everything is a wound, even like behavior that is atrocious is coming from a wound. Like uh, healthy, happy people don't kill people or do awful things to them. And that's what Father Greg says over and over. He's like, he actually says this thing. I I loved it so much and I don't want anybody to feel shamed or guilted here, but he's like, somebody asked him why he doesn't own a gun. And he said, because I'm mentally well, he's like, I'm well. And that's not like, we know we have family members that own guns. Nobody's pointing fingers. He's, I just thought it was beautiful. He was like, nobody who's fully balanced. Again, I can, I can feel some listeners maybe recoiling at that. Cause I, I used to have a bit about this. I think the way some people feel about their guns is how we feel about our phones. Mm, that yeah, really helped me open up compassion. And, and I bet somebody would say, I don't, there's probably some holy person that was like, I don't have a phone because I'm mentally well. You understand? Yes, yes. So it's not about that. It was yeah. just like what I took from it was a, a gorgeous level of understanding mm. that people that shoot up places are not well. Right. And exactly. that's, that's, that's why the three t-shirt story, he tells this other story where he's like, I got a pamphlet. He was at some <laughs> seminar about why people join gangs. And in big font, it said the number one reason uh, young men join gangs is excitement. And he said, mm-hmm. I could make a list of 150 reasons why people join gangs. He's only been working with gang members for 50 years. He's like, on 150, excitement wouldn't have made the list. On there, yeah. It's always running from something. It's not running to something. It's running from something. Yeah. And it's always, there's abuse, there's neglect, there's just yeah. a complete lack of dignity and love and and attention and all that stuff. And anyway, I didn't mean to so take you off your subject. I don't know very much about uh, gang culture, and I haven't read um, his books, but I really want to. But what I would imagine, too, is is genius about what he's offering is that the people who were in gangs, probably a lot of them joined either on a conscious or you know unconscious level in search of like a family of protectors and, you know, like getting protection that they weren't getting from their own families. I wonder what he would say about that because, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I could be. It seems like from what I've read, I I, I don't want to sound like I'm an expert, but like being in a gang is very dangerous. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I'm not saying not being in a gang isn't dangerous. There's a lot of that. But like, it seems like a, he says it's a lethal level of hopelessness. Mm. So it's not even like these people will keep me alive. It's Mm. there's no hope for tomorrow. There's no reason Mm. to get up. Mm. So you might as well not, I don't know. I don't know if he would say you might as well, but it's like, 
imagine being that hopeless that it's like you go and attack this gang, they come and attack you. And and I guess maybe even if not, you know, the, the sense of like a family or a protection, maybe at the very least, like a sense of belonging. I I, look again, I should have asked him these things. I'll have him back on. Mm -hmm. I absolutely will. Because I I don't think that's it. I think Mm -hmm. it's, I have nothing. I have nobody. Everything is meaningless. Mm. So I'm going to walk around the wrong neighborhood, like to start mm. violence mm-hmm. because you're so broken yeah. that it starts spilling out into, yeah. I think you and I are like, it must be nice to have 12 friends. <laughs> and like there, there are homies in the books that are like, when they were in jail, mm. he, they would tell these stories. It's like father Greg would write me and he's like, none of my gang members wrote me or visited me. Mm-hmm. And that's not really a surprise, I suppose, but it is a surprise. It's like, oh, it wasn't that. It was just a it, it was just broken spirits. It was yeah. just broken hearts. Well that's what I was getting at, but which I guess it sounds like it isn't this. But what I was gonna say is if there is like you you join a gang because some part of you is longing to feel like you belong somewhere, even if it's to something awful. Um, he is offering like a, a family to them where they actually are belonging and, and, and a reason to get up. Yeah. By the way, this is homeboyindustries.org. If you want to donate, I set up a don't for sure. Again, I'm not virtual signaling. I'm just letting you know, I'm not just saying this. Like, yeah. I think it's an incredible cause to give to, but like, I think he's like nobody with a reason to get up. That That's his whole thing. Mm. He's like, if you have a job, if you have someone expecting you, and that's mm. really what the job is. I, it, it's like, if you're, if we really give you a family and belonging community mm-hmm. and he, I've heard him say this, he's like, you don't walk around the wrong block mm. just looking to get shot at or yeah. to shoot at somebody. Yeah. But like, this could be wrong, but I, I sometimes think of it as like, or just now thought of it as like the closest way I can relate is playing a video game Mm -hmm. and you're just, and there's no point to it. So why not, by the way, just do everything or just Mm -hmm. let out your hurt, which I think is what a lot of us are doing with video games, by the way. Yeah, I think so. Um, but it's so lovely. And I do love that you're reading this because I'll just go ahead and give you a compliment. Um, that you, sorry, we have to go to the mid rolls <laughs> that you are, are so good at, um, two very important things. One, you really, I've seen this over and over again for the last nine years. You really learn something new and immediately start practicing it. Well, that's that tunnel vision thing, right? We've talked about whether or not that ADD is like what's in my toilet paper tube is what's in my life. And that's why to people like me, and I have to imagine a lot of the people listening, they're like, we better make sure there's good stuff in our toilet paper tube. That's not to say we can't look at other stuff, but like, if you're not feeding yourself hope, why would you have hope? But I think absolutely. (laughs) But also I think it's really common for a lot of us to learn the things and then just kind of leave it at that and feel like we did it because we know what we should be doing, but we were off the hook of actually practicing it. Mm. And you, I, I remember that being one of the first things I noticed about you is it was like, wow, 
you really like reflect and learn and then you actually change, mm. which is very, very cool to see and, and rare. And the other compliment is oh. that this isn't, you know, maybe the like the non-dualist stuff might be a little bit more appealing to you naturally and um and like more easing of suffering so that's like a beautiful and it totally has its place but like you are listening to something that is challenging to your way of being yeah and that's very cool a lot of people don't do that they only do the stuff that confirms what they already want to be true yeah and it's like we were joking yesterday whenever you hear about somebody who lived to 110 Mm. they're like what what was your secret and it's always the same it's always the same they're like coffee red wine chocolate and sex you know it's always that and it's like oh so the stuff we're all doing like everyone's doing that (laughs) right and you just happen to be a genetic freak of nature you have longevity who knows what's going on yeah but it's not your secret recipe right you crink us (laughs) um i don't know why i went there but i appreciate that but like i really think to put a pin in this Father Greg stuff, although you're going to be hearing about him because, I mean, he's already changed my life, is going back to, like, the why. Why be kind? Why be loving? Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. desire for authenticity actually made me be like, but I don't love you, so I'm going to be whatever. I'll be neutral to you or I'll be quiet or maybe I'll be rude to you. Mm-hmm. And now I'm really seeing that, like, that's like I said, it wasn't, I thought the point of the day was shooting night court. It turns out the point of the day was to like, it's exciting Mm. when you realize the adventure of the potential of building these unlikely bridges Mm. and loving people that like your brain says, you don't, don't, don't be with them. That person's, you know, on shaky ground. But anyway, he, father Greg, the way he taught me that is I believe him when he says this guy who has buried, I think he's almost 300, uh, people from gang violence, people that he knew. Um, and he, and I believe him when he says he wouldn't trade his life with anybody and, and what a privilege it is. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's really it. It's like, he's showing me what a, that it can be a privilege. If you change how you're seeing working with people that might not be intellectually stimulating, which I don't know where I got the idea. I could unpack that easily Mm -hmm. that like, if someone isn't like giving you information Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. techniques or strategies, Mm -hmm. then they're probably making you stupider and you should get away from them. And he's like, no, Mm -hmm. they're made of the same gold as everybody. Mm -hmm. And like, don't, change he always says this don't change them like don't try to help them Mm -hmm. make your life available to them don't reach them be reachable by them and what's the difference trying to reach them or they reach you the same thing happens and he says this over and over there's no sunlight between you Mm. and he says it over and over that jesus's desire was that you be one that he would say that to the crowd that you be one and i'm over here i mean far more american than i am christian yeah. You know, and I'm not. Well, most Christians are far more American than they are. That's absolutely right. Christian. Yeah. Richard Rohr taught me that. It's like the real thing we believe in is the American dream. And he says that's true for Judaism and Christianity and mm. most of the major religions is like you're actually just looking 
for something, like you said, mm-hmm. that just won't get in your way as you try and mm-hmm. accrue and wealth and mm-hmm. comfort. Mm-hmm. And we're back to me. Even when I meditate, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm, I can, I guess, but today I wasn't going in hoping to meet God as much as I was hoping for that clean blue light coursing through my veins that I could then have a nice Sunday. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, you said that you were like, that's what everybody wants. Yes. I don't think that there's, that's what I was saying when you were sharing that at breakfast. Like, I don't think you have to say that with disdain. Like, Oh, I just want to be happy all the time. It's like, well, yeah, that's the human condition. We all just want to be happy all the time. Um, it's not, feasible so we shouldn't give a lot of energy to that pursuit but we can acknowledge and appreciate and not shame the part of us that wants that um and i think that there is um oh god i'm losing it is it because i pointed at you yes and i was like what were you gonna say no i was pointing like i didn't want to interrupt to say nice i love that (laughs) yeah Um, okay. Before that, you're saying it's also, everybody wants to be happy. You don't have to say it with disdain before that. Oh God, I can't, I can't remember it. Anyway, it was, I guess it'll come to me later. It was Jonathan Larson. (laughs) Yeah, it was, oh, it was Jonathan Larson. That's it. I'm sorry, mama. Um, That's okay. Should we go to mid rolls and then take questions? Yeah, we can. I had, I had something, some point I was going to make there at the end. Oh yeah, that Father Greg said the same thing. So th- this episode will be out. I don't know if it's this Wednesday. It might be this Wednesday. I think it is actually. Oh, I got it. Go ahead. So, um, sorry, you looked so hopeless just now. No, no, that, I was actually kind of making it a funny like. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so I think that there, what Father Greg has has really figured out, and why it. it it makes sense to me that it feels like a privilege um, and that he wouldn't trade his life for anyone is it's, it's sort of like that documentary happy where they talk about how service is one of the, you know, the main factors that they've found in all of the happiest people, because I think it, it, it opens your heart and you start living from your heart space, which just sees things with a hundred percent clarity. Well, this actually is, this is perfect Mm -hmm. because like brothers on a hotel bed, I'm going to it going, what do you got for me? (laughs) Are you going to move me? Are you going to inspire me? Are you going to delight me? You're not doing any of those things. I spit you out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like the old Testament God, I I hate you because you're not doing anything for me. But when we're, when we massage ourselves back, Mm -hmm. like an inside massage, back into a loving space that's when I could hear that song and it would probably make me cry yeah that's also why I told, I told you this morning like I Leela's at her cousin's house so I was able to like have a slow proper morning where I did my somatic dance and I did my oracle cards and I meditated and it really is so ideal to do something like that first thing in the morning because it it really is like okay sh- before the bullshit factory of the brain starts I love can it. we just open the heart and see from the heart and it and it's you know inevitably the the bullshit is going to come in but if the first thing you did in the morning was shift the perspective from the head to the heart 
that's going to stay with you all day. Totally. And we're back to what we said uh, at the beginning. It's like you don't allow the feeling to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. But allowing it does get rid of it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. It, and it Everything does... we've said it fell in on itself like a sinkhole, <laughs> like a delicious chocolate mousse sinkhole, though. Yes. Oh, uh, anyway, when he did the pod, yeah. I was com- I was saying like I really I was making the mistake of separating the sacred and the profane. And I was saying I just got back from Montreal. I'm all juiced. All I've been doing is stand up. I feel very separate. I feel very self-obsessed mm-hmm. and I really need this. Beca- and I said something along the lines of like, because I realized in Montreal, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like just getting another plate of mashed potatoes, by the way, we all need some mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. I'm one of the few people that's like privileged enough to binge mashed potatoes for a week. Mashed potatoes being affirmation, specialness, attention. attention. Yeah. And I'm eating the mashed potatoes and I go, you know, this doesn't work. I actually need to hand out PBJs, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I need to be connected. I need to be one with people. I need to recalibrate. So I was sort of, you know, lowering myself and being like, it doesn't work. I need, I need God. It doesn't work. And he just goes, but it's also your gift. Aww. And I'm just like, come on. I know. It's so, it's so seductive to love. And yet I do think there's parts of us that don't want it, that don't, and don't want God to love everything. Right. And don't want mercy. Mm -hmm. We want to dole out little bits of forgiveness and the rest of the time we want to whip each other. Mm -hmm. And like, I actually think the human brain or our reason is offended. People, actually people don't, there's, he has critics that are like, how can you love these gang members? These People did this and this and this and, mm. and people like, I hate you. Oh yeah. I mean, when Rob Bell came out with love wins, it was, people the, were mad. it was like the most arguments against love I've ever heard in my life. Right. <laughs> it was like, that's insane. But that my, my, and I mentioned this to Father Greg, my five MEO experience was a swim in the ocean of love mm. that was so vast and so unending yeah. that it actually, it's not, uh, I don't think it's what most people want. It's often what I don't want. I want a gold medal and I want the person next to me to have a bronze medal. Yeah. So I can go, look, I'm, but then you see the ocean and you're like, oh, wow. Everyone, everyone. I mean, I think I would just, I wonder I think it is what everyone's truest self wants and knows that they have, Mm. (laughs) but our brains and our egos also want love, but thinks that the only way to get it is through specialness performance principle. So it's, and, and a lot of that is conditioning. I don't even know if it is. Of course it is. Yeah, it's, I'm, it's I'm not even sure it's psychological as much as it is just we're we're being told that in every way. That's why your only hope is to believe that the news is so good you actually can't believe it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have I do that because I'm in this bad mood today. I I said a little prayer. I I didn't I don't remember choosing to do this, but we got a coffee this morning and I was looking at it. It was really really good coffee. Mm. And I looked at it and I just said, God, I know you're here. And what I meant by that was, Mm. 
I know I don't feel you. Mm. I know I don't, I'm not experiencing you. Mm-hmm. All I'm feeling is my frustration. Yeah. And I'm like, I know there's something bigger than my ability to perceive it. Oh, that is everything. That is so, I relate to that so much. I've prayed that so many times. Mm. And when I really do feel connected to God, I will pray, please help me to remember this when I can't feel it. That's right. I think that's, I know we will go to the mid rolls and then I, we, I Instagram that would take questions and we will. This is what we've done. We've done it every time, but we're going to do it. We're going to do it. I feel, I still have energy. We're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, do you? Yes. Okay, good. Um, I've barely spoken. (laughs) I did do a few monologues and I apologize. It was, no, it was lovely. I don't think anybody's upset about it. A few people are. (laughs) Not me. All right. Maybe they softened. And to the people who are, let it in. Yeah. Recognize it. Get curious about it. Allow it. Allow it. Get over it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I just had a lot. I had to let out and I appreciate it. it When we all benefited. Get real. Anyway, I think end of life. My hope is honestly to have strung together enough of those moments of absolute certainty that we are held sustained and supported and delighted in Mm -hmm. that when I'm talk about a bad mood, when you're dying in a terrible (laughs) mood, we've talked which about I know this. I know I love that the idea of that joke you're in a bad mood like uh, well I'm dying so I'm in a pretty rotten mood I'm in a rotten mood today <laughs> but to go like I I have enough beads to make a necklace and you can look at it and go like yeah I don't my body and my brain doesn't stand a chance but my heart can remember the the necklace all right oh, love it we're going to go to the mid-rolls. Uh, thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for... Yeah, thank you for listening. 100 episodes, and thank you for listening. And when you come back from these brief commercial announcements, we are going to take your wonderful questions. We'll be right back. Pardon the interruption, weirdos. This episode is brought to us by uh, maybe my favorite new Pete's Pick, which is real paper. I mean... It's wonderful that we have toilet paper at all. Remember when that was a problem? But trees are pretty great, wouldn't you say? I mean, they provide shade. They make oxygen, which we need to live. They prevent erosion. They suck up all that carbon. They provide homes for animals. I mean, is there anything they can't do? And to turn something as awesome as a tree, and more accurately, a forest of trees into toilet paper, has always, to me, just felt super, super wrong. These trees spent decades growing only to get cut down and literally flush down the toilet. I mean, even the tree from the giving tree get to give out a few apples before they turn their branches into a house. It's weird. This is why I love real paper. Real, R-E-E-L, makes a sustainable toilet paper that uses 100% bamboo. The great thing about bamboo is it's a fast-growing grass. Some species of bamboo can grow up to three feet per day. And because it's a grass, they're able to harvest the same stock over and over without disrupting the plant or the soil. And on top of the ecological benefits of using bamboo, Reels paper packaging is plastic-free and compostable. It makes so much sense. We've been using Reels as soon as we found out about it 
full stop. I don't have to remember to get it because we subscribe and it just shows up. It feels great. I'm going to say it. It feels great on my butt. Two, it feels great to know that we're not wasting trees. Why were we ever doing that when this was an option? Real paper is available in easy, hassle-free subscriptions or one-time purchases on their website. All orders are conveniently delivered to your door with free shipping and 100% recyclable, plastic-free packaging. So if you head to realpaper.com weirdo and sign up for a subscription using my code weirdo at checkout, you'll automatically get 30% off your first order and free shipping. That's R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R dot com slash weirdo or enter promo code weirdo to get 30% off your first order plus free shipping. So let's stop flushing our forests and try Reel's tree-free paper. Real is paper for the planet and show your support of the podcast. Back to the show. We're back. In our reality, I just paused for a second <laughs> and said we're back. Um, okay, we got. I got so many questions. Thank you guys so much for sending them. I'm going to go to the first one that came in. That's a good idea. Yeah, I don't want... I, I mean, here we go. Can I do it for you? Yep, you go ahead. Oh, this person also said you should get Mindy Kaling on the show. I'd love to get Mindy Kaling That's on the so show. Cool. She said that on May 18th. Are we saying the name? I feel like... I don't know. I'll Just say the first name. I'll say Ellie. Okay. What are some good ways to help yourself overcome purity culture slash trauma and learn to trust your body again? I thought oh, that was a good Val question. I love that question. I don't know, but when you figure it out, let me know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean... <laughs> um, I mean, yes, I've, I, I do think I still am dealing with this, but I, I feel like I've made some strides in the last 10 years over, over just obviously purity culture for those of you who weren't raised in a a Christian, um, upbringing or other religions or other religions. I have to assume that's true. Um, is sort of, you know, staying pure until marriage, but it, inherent in that is a lot of like, um, there's a lot of sexism, like the, it's the women's job to not dress provocatively because boys are just, they're gonna be lustful. And Mm. so, and you know, that was the part that really made me the most upset was that it was like, when I was dating my, my first husband, who was the first person I dated as well, it was like we would be making out in the grass and it was getting hot and heavy. And it was always like, I had to be the one to be like, we have to stop. Right. And I remember being like, I don't want to stop either. Why am I the one that has to do that? Because we're oxen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's sort of like this, the beauty and the beast myth where it's like, well, they can't help themselves. So we have to be the ones that are good. Mm. Um, and there's also in purity culture is, and this is, you know, more specifically Christian, but the idea of like your body is the place of sin. Your body, your body is the last thing you should be listening to because that is where temptations, impure temptations lie. And, and so you should always be like more of a trying to go more upward, trying to be more of like a heavenly, person, um, or being and less, less in your body, less on this plane. 
Um, so obviously if you're raised with that, that's gonna, that's gonna shape your relationship with your body. And isn't that, I'll give you a compliment. The big gift I think you've given me and I, I hope to the listeners as well is, is, is to see the body as an ally and yeah. a friend and yeah. something to trust. Absolutely. Cause I think shutting it off. It's funny. Masturbation was such a way to like circumvent it seems you're doing this impure thing, mm -hmm. but it's actually because you can't tolerate how alive and alive is the only word your body is. Yeah. Like when I would be horny, it was always, and I remember saying this to somebody and they, they looked at me like I was insane. I was like, I was like a fire. You have to pour a bucket of water on it. Mm -hmm. So drinking off or whatever, I know I talk about this too much, but I'm just saying like my purity culture experience was like, do that give the body one thing mm. instead of being in touch with its vitality for an entire day. Yeah. Nobody ever taught me as, as Stephen Mitchell said that like when you're attracted to somebody mm. or horny even, <gasps> um, <laughs> that that is the same charge from which the universe begot itself yeah. that you're, in a long line of attractive, attracted mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. that yearn yeah. and desire and want to express and create yeah. and to see sexuality as, as a, as a holy and good thing, not yeah. just something that you have to pour water on yes. poor Petey. I know poor Petey. And that actually, I'm glad you said that because I have friends who weren't raised religious, who just through our culture, we're told that masturbation is, you know, it was like one girl in junior high was like, I think Karen masturbates. And they're like, ew. And this now 44 year old friend of mine is just now healing from thinking that masturbating is gross. No, religion was smart to co-opt it because it is the baked in yeah. Like, is this okay thing? Yes. And it's, and it's like children really kind of explicitly need to be told that their bodies are their own and that they can do whatever they, you know, without harming themselves, they can do whatever they want. Um, but going back to, you know, how do we actually change our relationship with our bodies? The first thing I would say about that is, um, we do it very gently and slowly and with kindness and compassion. Tara Brock says we wouldn't have left our bodies if there wasn't something in there that we're kind of afraid to face. Mm. So it's really important when you are starting the process of trying to be more embodied that you go at the body's pace and the body will show you uh, and you'll get better at, at attuning to it. Like, okay, I'm, I'm in kind of this uncomfortable feeling and I can stay and I can stay and okay, that's enough. And then we go and we, mm. you take, take a walk, you go. About you're your really day. good at that. For, and I, I hope you don't, no, I'm not outing me. you. Like you're, you're really in your body. You're doing some sort of shamanic dancing. <laughs> Somatic. Somatic dance is your body <laughs> dancing. And you share all of this wisdom and I know you are a person that goes, that's enough. <laughs> it's time to maybe we eat ice cream. Maybe we watch Will and Grace. Yeah. And I mean, I, I actually felt quite emotional there. I just get so black and white where I'm like, I'm either in or I'm out. I'm either being embodied or I'm not. Mm. What I hear you saying is like, 
and you're really good like this. It's like sometimes it's just time to watch the rehearsal on yeah. HBO Max. Thank you. Nathan Will. Fielder currently not replying to my email <laughs> to come on the pod. Just kidding, Nathan. Uh, Nath. By the way, if he came on, how how likely would it be some sort of prank or something? I know it would I be decided so hard to, to go on a it. podcast knowing that the host was a bit of a narcissist or whatever it would be like. It's, so I rehearsed it. So I, yeah, exactly. Yikes. Um, By the way, that show is brilliant. And Nathan, so you never, I didn't expect him to do it, but we were talking about the, the vulnerability when you ask people, Yeah, I have an ask out to Beck and an ask out to Nathan Fielder yeah. and I don't expect either of them to work, but there's this real, so basically hard. I'm constantly asking people on a date I know, and it works every once in a while. And you, and you tell yourself good. you have to keep asking. Yeah. It's your job. Mm-hmm. So like, if you ever get mad at the Pete's picks, <laughs> I hope you don't just know that that's making it tolerable to be like, hi, Nathan, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Be- that's that's the job of it. The, the episodes yeah. are, are are great, but the booking and the all the stuff that's that's, that's what, what makes, makes it a job. job. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, oh, sorry. just going slowly as you're re-entering your body and little things. You know, uh, what was a shift for me was when I realized that my body does so much for me. Just just practically speaking, there is digestive systems and nervous systems and fascia and you know like flora or organs and gut microbiome like there's so many systems in place that I never even have to know about they're just running and they're doing it's doing its thing it's running for me to keep me alive which is loving and also emotionally my body has held so much so like a real turn for me was in therapy and that's the other tip I would give is trying to find a somatic therapist. I think that's, that's 90% of how I have changed my relationship with my body is that I have a therapist who constantly brings me back to my body. Mm. Um, and you can search. I found one in Texarkana, Texas. I found two in Texarkana, Texas, which is where my parents live. So if you, can, if I can find them there, Usually if you Google search somatic therapist, you can find one somewhere Mm. nearby. Mm. Um, And I remember sharing with her that I used to have stomach aches when I was a kid and, and like connecting that it had something to do with my trauma, my childhood trauma, which I was hiding from my mom. And I would have these stomach aches and my mom, that's how my mom knew something was going on. And my mom uh, my therapist said, and that's a, yeah, <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, my therapist said, Oh, so your stomach spoke up for you when you couldn't. <sighs> I'm dead. And that turned everything. That was like in those like therapy moments, like an aha moment because it just instantly, it was so clear. Wow. Val, that, that's a game changer. Right. That's like when I had the bald spot on the side of my head. It's like, oh, your hair stood up for you, spoke out for you. So your body is the one that has been with you through it all and holding it all and working, functioning, keeping you alive in spite of it all. It's your companion. It's your temple. It's your spaceship. It's your... Yeah. it's, It's your first love. Like a child looks at their hands... A baby looks at their own hands the way that 
you look at somebody you're in love with. Like it is so yeah. personal and it's your home. And even if it doesn't feel this that way, there's sort of just this um, practice of shifting slowly, noticing when you're turning back, you're turning against it and being like, wait a minute, thank you for all that you carry. Thank you for all that you've done for me and continue to do for me. So talking to your body, like gentle touches, Mm -hmm. I'm constantly now like rubbing my head, rubbing my forehead. I was just thinking about that this morning. Like when I get overwhelmed, I'll put my hand on my heart. Like you taught me like a a flat out palm on my heart. And then I was like, isn't it funny that if we were in a silent film and I wanted to pantomime that I was shocked, I'd go, and it's like, we know that when we need comfort, we touch our heart. It's not just for Charles Chaplin. (laughs) That's right. And my therapist also this during this most recent therapy session. So like last week, you know, she was just reminding me like, you can, you know, hug yourself. She said, Oh, my, my arm is feeling a little bit cold. There's a warm hand right at my fingertips. And then we Mm. laughed and she's like, my fingertips are right at my fingertips. (laughs) Like it's, Mm. it's like, it's all just right there. Everything you need, you can give your body. Mm. So that's just how I would start to, to change the relationship. And then obviously listen to the previous 99 episodes of this podcast and I'm sure okay. I will have lots more to say. I love that. The reason I'm on my phone is you're going to read one and I'm going to set a timer for two minutes. Oh, that no. way we can do a bunch of them. You're right. I talked about that one for so Stop long. Stop it. That is not, you think that's what I meant? <laughs> no. That is not I what I meant. I, I, I'm thinking I just of realized. Valerie. <laughs> I'll <laughs> end the podcast right now. I have that power. Keep <laughs> it. No, Keep no, it. don't do it. What don't I'm saying it. is I'll end it before you even think that's what I'm saying. I know. I'm saying now that we've done that, which is what we normally do mm-hmm. for the hundredth episode to get more weirdos on, we'll do two minute answers. Yes. Okay. Um, this is from Robert Matheson, who is, um, last names now. Oh, well, I just mean, kidding. I feel like I I'm just kidding. To him I'm just kidding. He is, I'm, is it uh, now I've like Discord. I almost said Doxy. Oh, our Discord friend. Yeah, he is. Um, he is a friend from the Discord group, which I know there's lots of members. Thank you all so much for doing that and participating in that. Yeah. So I'm going to read this. Val, congrats to you and Pete on episode 100 from everyone in the You Made It Weirdos Discord group. It's truly been a gift and a joy since you joined the podcast. And having a sleepy Sunday in the in with the podcast is like a retreat to a magical reality Mm -hmm. for a question. I'd love to know what would you say the podcast has done in total for your relationship with each other and your relationship with Leela. It seems like the podcast is a great way to check in and be close as a family. Thank you so much for a hundred. Um, Oh, great. Amazing. Wait, Yes. Okay. Perfect. I lost it for a second and, but I think that was it. Thank you so much for those kind words, Robert. That's okay. so nice. I'm hitting start. Um, so what has it done for our relationship and our relationship with Leela? Well, I can say it real quick, quick. I think one of the most balancing and, and beautiful and helpful things you can do in your life is to have a safe space, which is what you are mm-hmm. to share how you're feeling, have that affirmed as okay, mm-hmm. and then find productive ways to enhance or or work with, uh, your feelings. Yeah. And what's better for for a relationship or even a family than that. It's, it's exactly what was, 
I don't want to shit on my family, but we have so little time. So I just will. Yeah. It's just what was missing is just yeah. like the joke. And I'm almost done with my minute here, but the joke being like, if my father had been like, I'm really sorry. I pulled a U-turn in the Winnebago over there. <laughs> I just, I felt overwhelmed. <laughs> and I felt like I was above my body. Mm-hmm. Like it just would have been like, <sighs> so that's what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And we started it when, oh God. You're good. Okay, you have, have a, a full minute. That was only a minute. Oh, that was nice. Thank you for giving me a minute. Um, we started in the, the, like during lockdown when we were with Leela nonstop. Remember? That's why mm-hmm. we started this. So we had no... We could not no have a conversation. Time. Yeah. And um and it really got us through that time because we knew at least for like an hour and a half once a week we would get to just have like a locked on conversation. And then that's just continued, even though she goes to school and and we're we've resumed life. Um oh, yeah. it's just I think that this is something that everybody should do who's in a long term relationship. Just like try to figure out a way to set aside an hour and a half where you can really lock on to each other. Yeah. Um, Agreed. And your child will benefit from that too because you, you know, are close. Okay, you're doing a countdown, so I am losing my train of thought. Oh, sorry, baby. Well, that was rude. I just wanted to let you know. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate it. Oh, it's my turn, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's your turn. Okay, now I'll do the most recent one. Okay. I have a spirituality question. This is Michelle. Have you guys heard about this brand of spirituality that that believes in a new earth that we are ascending out of 3d energy into 5d energy, that a shift is happening rapidly and that all systems not working for us will soon crumble that each of us who awakens spiritually contributes to raising the collective vibe, etc. And have you heard of Chiron? Lee Carroll has supposedly been channeling. Do we know Lee Carroll? No. Channeling a loving energy is providing instructions for this awakening process. It's all fascinating to me. Smells a little like conspiracy theory, but such a loving and positive one. Wondering your thoughts. P.S. I love you so much. You help me raise my vibe, make me feel seen, and even shape who I am becoming as a person. Thank you. Nice. That's interesting. I, I think it's funny, uh, okay, starting the timer, that we had that PB&J conversation. Mm-hmm. Something that David Nickturn and I say, he's a Buddhist teacher, we say, and then what a lot. Mm -hmm. This is a very interesting idea. I am first in line for something about we're moving into the fifth dimension. And somebody just sent me um, a a biologist who wrote a book called Science Set Free. His name is Rupert something. It was very interesting. He was talking about how the, the speed of light seems to change in small ways every once in a while. And maybe there's something about the rotation of the earth that the data changes in a predictable way, but we're not looking. And all that stuff is really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, I just, the way that I am right now, and especially since I'm almost out of time, mm. I'm more interested that may be a possibility in the same way that God's infinite plan and movement and progression is always present regardless of our mood. Mm-hmm. I'm just more of a, can I give you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich yeah. place? Yeah. So it could be, Yeah. but also like, and then what I'm going to be loving today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work on myself today. I'm mm-hmm. going to try and be in my heart today. I'm going to try to be grateful today and expansive today. Mm-hmm. And if there's a five, five dimension plan value of 44 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, you can take up the time on this. I feel like I don't have a lot of wisdom. I was going to say something really similar, which is that's really interesting. If that's resonating with you in some 
deep way, then like, I always think it's a good idea to follow what's resonating. And it is like, well, all I know is that everything is constantly changing. Nothing is permanent. The world will always be changing and evolving. And as long as we're in it, all of our emotions and thoughts are constantly changing and evolving. So the way that I find myself to be able to raise my frequency from like things like fear and grasping to things like flow and compassion is to just allow recognize that everything's always changing and allow it. That's what I like about this, regardless of whether we're over to, but it doesn't matter whether or not it's literally true. Mm -hmm. What I like about that is it's a reminder that this is not meaningless, that it's in flux and that every atom, everything here is evolving Mm -hmm. and progressing. Mm -hmm. It's a helpful, it's a helpful metaphor if that's all it is. And it could be a reality as well. Yeah. But it's, it's like I say about it. What if we're living in a simulation? I'm like, that doesn't, that doesn't answer anything really that interesting. Yeah. It talks about the sort of the history of humanity. Like maybe we built machines and now we're just locked Mm -hmm. into something, but it doesn't answer what awareness is Mm -hmm. or where your memories are or where your, what, how vision is. I mean, I know we have some ideas, but like how awareness constructs itself. I also, it's making me think of, I saw, um, on Instagram, a video of Henry Miller of all people, um, talking about like the secret is to just like live moment to moment is what he said, but being present. he's like, so many people are focused on things down the line or in the, their periphery. And he's like, he goes, he's like, holds his fingers up to his nose and he's like, just focus on what's right here. Like what's right under your nose and then focused on the next thing that's right under your nose. And it's so so simple and like such a relief for me. Well, just locked me onto you. Yeah. I asked father Greg, I was like, how do you stay renewed? And he was like, Mm. with every breath, Mm. he's like, you need it with every breath mm. it's like another chance to come back and remember and lock in and all that. Love that. Yeah. Beautiful. That's good. Um, okay. So my, my friend, Travis Williams from Humboldt asks, what is the funniest thing that's happened as a result of your height difference? <laughs> so I thought we'd take a little light one. Oh, I love that. I yeah. Know, isn't that fun? Um, I'm trying to think, well, I remember being afraid that our wedding f- photos were going to look insane, Yeah, <laughs> but they actually worked. Like we've figured out, I've figured out a tippy toe. You've figured out a bending down. Yeah. Um, I'm like an uppercase S. <laughs> that actually, yeah, it does work. Um, I, the first thing that I could think of is red carpet photos, red carpet photos look like you brought your daughter to work. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I would say it looks like I have a very short wife Yes. compared to this green bean. Yeah. But there are photos. You can find photos online of us and you don't like any of them. And a lot of them them. are where, and that's why we walk red carpet still, because I'm like, maybe this will replace those. That's what it is. It's so stupid because I, I don't care about doing red carpets, but for some reason, all of like the worst photos of my life are on, if you image search. Yeah. Pete and I don't look great either. Cause I'm like some of them I'm squatting. Yeah. You know, I don't know what to do to get to your level, yeah. but it, it doesn't come up that, that much. Yeah. But I'll, I do remember you telling your mom when we were dating, 
you're telling your mom that I was five one and you were saying it like a sweet thing. Like you're like, she's small and it's cute. And, and she said, what are you, a pedophile? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you not want me to tell that story? No, I'm just, <laughs> oh, don't get me started. That, there was a whole, I was listening to father Greg and having, I was crying in my green, green room, dressing room. Mm just listening to story after story like that three t-shirt story and my mom called me by accident and I answered I knew it was a pocket dial or whatever I answered and I was just determined to be tender to her Mm. I was talking about this trip they're going to come visit us and I was telling her yeah I know I was telling her when she could come and she wanted to come a, a, a day earlier like sort of arbitrarily with like oh we could come on this day and I was like yeah but that would be seven days like that's too long Mm -hmm. and I I immediately went from heart open to absolutely seeing red Mm. not with her I mean I would I I sort of got frustrated and let my feelings be known but I had to vent to somebody I couldn't be funny until I vented so anyway that's um that's not really necessary I just want people to know that even when I'm reading Father Greg and feeling so in touch. Yeah. Sometimes, what are you, a pedophile? Is all I need to be like, I'll burn the whole thing <laughs> to the ground. Also, I think it's really funny that she pronounces it pedophile. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. I really thought... It's, it's funny. Way. I do just want to be tender and in love all the time. And I, I guess I should be grateful. I think I've said it a million. I think I'm of more service to the people listening because I can have one phone call. Absolutely. And I go from holy to assholey. There's, there's, I just came across a quote that I had taken a picture of and I probably had sent you already by Jung. It's, it's Y-U-N-G. So Jung Pueblo. Um, he's a, a poet and it said basically your, you are not your first reaction. You are the response that happens afterwards. Mm. Your first reaction is just your past. And what happens next is the marker of your growth. Wow. And I really thought of you cause you've been so hard on yourself about that, about reacting to your mom. It's just so embarrassing sometimes you, you're, you're levitating on a cushion and then your mom's like, I go, you, so you can come on the 21st. Can't he come in the 20th? You never want what I offer. You only want what I don't offer. Why must you test me? It's Kate Blanchett and Lord of the Rings. Oh my God. I relate to Kate Blanchett and Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That's how I get. Frodo Baggins. Like that. Yes. Oh my you God. You go from this beautiful light filled with oh, Val, That made me feel so seen. Kate Blanchett in the white gown answered. And then she was like, oh, we could come 24 hours earlier. After I'm already offering and, and even longer More than, than usual. Yeah. And I called in the first thing she said was oh I accidentally called you I'm so embarrassed and I was like don't be embarrassed that these phones are so confusing <laughs> like I was being the I was being like Mr. Rogers yeah that that happens to me all the time it doesn't 
like, I totally get it. I'm just happy to hear from you. How are you? Yeah. I'm ex- and then I was like, I'm excited for your visit. Of course, I have every feeling about the visit. And a lot of them are not great. Yeah. And I'm trying to be tender. Maybe we could get... And I'm like... <laughs> anyway, I, I'm only sharing that for people that need to hear that they're not alone. That, no, it's that you can helpful. feel really locked in and then really locked out. It's the nature of everything. Remembering and forgetting. Mm. Thank do you. you. Do I have one, but it's your turn, right? Yeah, Is it my your, turn? I think it's your turn, but I can share this one. I have okay, it. I'm going to pick one at random. Mm. And to everybody whose questions we aren't getting to, because I know that we have way more than we can okay. do, maybe we can say do a, a part two where we sure. answer more questions. Yeah, it's great to have these. Reagan uh, or Regan? I'm guessing it's Reagan. Um, I would guess Regan. Regan. Yeah, you're right. It's probably Regan. <laughs> She said, okay, okay, I really would love to know your guys' thoughts on slaw, the coleslaw, as other people know it. Regan, 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 I fucking love coleslaw. You love coleslaw. I fucking love coleslaw. You love There was a tray at JCAF. Regan, remember JCAF? It was the the nerd (laughs) cafeteria. I know... It's very trendy to be a nerd, but this is when me and my friend Igor and Hanway and Ivan Poon, it was not fucking cool, you guys. It wasn't Robert Downey Jr. It was a bunch of fucking dorks in our (laughs) fart-smelling jeans and our weird (laughs) shoes and the tongues on the sneakers sticking out would eat in JCAF, the math building. And there was a free vat of coleslaw. It's disgusting. I can't... I can't even imagine that I ate it. Yeah. But so you could order your lunch, but then coleslaw was just like available. Mm -hmm. I would go back and get a, like I'd eat my whole lunch Mm -hmm. and then I'd get the whole tray pretty much filled with coleslaw and love it. It's hydrating. Mm -hmm. It's cabbage. It's sweet. It's Mm -hmm. tangy. Mm -hmm. It's fucking amazing. I love it. It's a hydrating food. It's hydrating. hydrating. If you're thirsty, they should give it out at the end of marathons. What? Okay, I'm talking I have so a many questions. wet coleslaw. Okay, but I have a questions. wet coleslaw. Everybody knows. It insists upon itself, Lois. <laughs> it insists upon itself. Um, okay. I'll even take a non-dairy coleslaw, which of well, course this I is prefer. What I'm, this is what I was wondering, because obviously there's so many variations in coleslaw. There's like the red cabbage kind of vinegar coleslaw, which yeah, I actually love. prefer. Love it. And then there's the more white. I love that too. And this was, this was like government issued, like mayonnaise, only white, fine chopped coleslaw. And I, I I wish I had some right now. Also coleslaw on a sandwich. Wake, wake the fuck up everybody. uh, We should all be putting coleslaw on our sandwiches. We should all be putting potato chips on our sandwich. Uh Where is, I say this with love as a soft man. So when I say fat guy, oh, (laughs) oh God. I'm saying, where's the fat style sandwich? I know maybe fat sounds, but I don't want like a fucking mozzarella stick. Yeah. Make a nice, res- respectable, tax-paying, jury-duty-attending sandwich. Yeah. Just put some fucking coleslaw on it. Yeah. Also, <laughs> um, put coleslaw, please put coleslaw on, on any of my tacos. Get the fuck out of like, I'm so like happy. citrus T- uh, coleslaw. If so- you give me an Asian slaw, oh, forget it. I'll, I'll marry you. <laughs> if there's a little sort of um, what's it called, marinated, tiny mandarin orange slice in this slaw, <laughs> yeah. and maybe something spicy too. Oh, oh I love like a I chopped uh, jalapenos in a slaw. 
God help us. I mean, who knew I needed that question, Regan? Thank you. Okay, so let's do this question because I think it's kind of, um, I just am excited to answer it. And then you find maybe a lighter one to end on because we have bluegrass brunch in 15 minutes. <laughs> and then to everyone else whose question we didn't get to, I really do want to answer them because you we'll guys get to them. You ask the most beautiful questions. Um, okay, so this is from Samantha. And she said, my husband, um, and I love your episodes. My husband is a pastor and we have two daughters under the age of two. Wow, Samantha, how did you do that? That is really impressive. Just that they're under the age of two. (laughs) Um, how are you doing it? So, so impressive. Okay. Um, Val, could you talk, uh, on an episode about having a parent who is a pastor any advice for us about raising our girls as the pastor's kids without adding trauma? I love this question. I could definitely go more, you know, I could go very deep into it, um, but we don't have time to really dive deep. So hopefully it comes up again in another episode. But the one thing I would just say um, from my experience that I would recommend is just allowing your daughters to be the fullness of who they are and not, um, feel like they have to play a role in any way, like holding space that they are just as allowed to make mistakes as anybody, just as allowed to explore rebellion as anybody, um, or to be in a bad mood Hmm. or to not have to, be like a politician's daughter. That was sort of my experience. And I don't even know if my parents, I wouldn't even say they directly, they certainly didn't directly tell me that I had to be that, but I just learned, maybe I projected it onto myself, but I was just this, uh, basically this little politician who, who learned early on that if you just smile and listen to people and agree with whatever they say, they'll think that you're a good girl and you have to be a good girl Mm. and you always have to be good and, and, um, and hold up this kind of higher standard. And something was just, you know, it's taken my twenties and my thirties to love my shadow self because I didn't, for whatever reason, feel like there was much space for it uh, in adolescence. So I think this is good advice to any parent and certainly what I strive to do, and I might not be able to at all times, but to just allow the wholeness of your child's humanity and to um, not project, this is really hard for me already. She's four years old, and if she's like, being kind of a, um, being kind of ornery to another child. I feel my own, whoops. I feel my own desire to be a pleaser, like projected on her. Like I, I want her to be the good kid and to like please other people. And I have to constantly remind myself that that's a defense mechanism that I developed. And no, not only does she not need to do that, but I don't need to do it either. Mm, mm. And so just allowing her to be in a bad mood, to be cranky, to be whiny and not have to project any of, of my own. I would imagine as pastors, you do have to uphold a certain 
um, you know, a certain standard of behavior and, you know, uh, a certain look pastorness and as, as much as possible, it, it, you know, maybe not putting that on your kids cause they didn't, they didn't ask for that. <laughs> well, you have to be somebody before you can be nobody mm-hmm. and you have to, you know, be a grain of wheat before it can crack and yeah. be resurrected. I, I will say that the, y- your answer was beautiful and you're far more qualified being a pastor's daughter. Mm. But there was one more thing in tattoos on the heart. I believe the slogan of homeboy industries used to be nothing stops a bullet like a job because they were very job focused. Mm. And he makes a joke at one point that their slogan should be, he doesn't even mean this as a joke. I actually looked, I bought some of their merch. Another way you can support is buy their merch. Mm. Um, I looked for a shirt that said this, they didn't have one, but he said it should say homeboy industries. You can't disappoint us enough. Mm. And I was like, that's it. Mm, it's beautiful. I'm not a, a pastor obviously, but I'm looking forward to, you know, I, my heart goes out to, to pastors where you're, we've talked about this before, where your job is intertwined with your beliefs. And, mm-hmm. and I actually think there's something lovely about agreeing to hold the post, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I'll hold this post up mm-hmm. the signpost, mm-hmm. even when I'm not feeling like it. And that's Absolutely. beautiful. So I'm not even, not everybody has to be in the corner smoking cigarettes being like, well, sometimes I just don't feel it, you know, Mm -hmm. but I do think there's an opportunity, a unique opportunity that you would have to have a little real time with your kids and be like, just so you know, I don't think show business is a, is a bad word or a bad thing. Meaning there's an element of show business to being a pastor, Mm. meaning you are holding up the post. It's you're the keeper of the light. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you have to be a light keeper and sometimes the pastor you, does the pastor, not the kid, not the kid, yeah. but telling your kids like mm-hmm. there's a performance Yeah. because kids know Yeah. there's a performance we put on. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait when Leela sees the bullshit <laughs> of how I talk to my friends. Oh yeah. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's really interesting. Well, you know, you have to remember that there is uh, two different, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul and Minneapolis, Minnesota, <laughs> just like sh- shit. Like what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like when, when I'm on mushrooms or something and you hear people talk like that, you're just like, you're lying. Mm. You're lying. Mm-hmm. And kids see that. Mm-hmm. And to say, it's not a lie, but to be like, I want you to know that I know mm. that I have a mode that yeah. one of the ways I love people is being shifting around all of my feelings and put some in, the ones that are of most service forward. Mm. And that might be my kindness, my patience, mm. my humility. Mm-hmm. But I want you to know that I'm selfish that I'm afraid sometimes, mm-hmm. that sometimes I feel hopeless. Mm-hmm. But I think there's, you know, Leela's only four, but I'm sort of excited. I wish my, that's what my mom did, actually. I'll say something nice about my mom. Mm-hmm. We, because I love my mom, I'm just saying, I, often the venting comes out. Yeah. We'd go on our little mom walks and we talked real talk. Mm-hmm. And that was really valuable to me. It's, why, mm-hmm. it's part of why this podcast exist as she did model that mm-hmm. in a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying like, I think the real pastor's kid cliche is when the parents don't have any way of saying, I want you to know that I know that I'm playing a part called pastor. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know that I'm just like you. 
I'm everything. Yeah. But it is a calling and a privilege to lean towards the light, mm -hmm. even effortfully sometimes, mm -hmm. because people need that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do in the same way that a doctor might not feel like sewing up a hen wound. Yeah. Maybe they don't feel like it, but they're they playing to, the part of a doctor. Right. Or they have to have like great bedside manner, even yeah. if they are having a bad day. That's right. It's Maybe not the, fake. You're just not leaning fake. into the part of you that... It's not fake and it is fake. It's fake in the sense that kids are always going to be more real, but a child can't give someone bad news in patient room A yeah. and then go welcome a new baby into the room in patient room B. Yeah, and they but shouldn't be expected And they shouldn't be expected to, sure. But that, so it's not the realist, mm -hmm. but if you can have that little conspiracy with your child, meaning a secret, meaning a, uh, you and I know this. Yeah. I yeah. think kids, I, I'll speak for myself, I loved being let in when it was appropriate and being like, do I always feel like this? No. You know, my parents did do that. They they did kind of, it was sort of understood. I'm sorry, we're out of time. <laughs> it was sort of understood that it was like, this is the part of dad that has to be yes. seen. And we know the fullness of dad. But it's a cashier, it's a masseuse, it's a teacher, it's a doctor, it's an Uber driver, it's everybody mm. is leaning one way or the other. Mm -hmm. But when holiness and ethics and morality and image are concerned as social animals, one of the reasons we gossip is to sniff out who's trustworthy, who can keep a secret, who will help us survive, mm -hmm. who will get us resources. All of that stuff is really important to us. So when someone's like, hey, it seems <laughs> like an affront it's fake and we want to find them out we mm -hmm. want to like flush it out but like to find the balance of being of service in the same way that a cashier is of service they don't give a fuck you know maybe they don't on certain days care how you're doing but they'll still say how you doing today mm -hmm. that's the same thing that's going on but when you mix jesus and holiness and heaven and hell into it it seems more offensive mm -hmm. but i'm saying you know hand out some PB and J's if that's, and if that's your job, um, there's nothing wrong with it. Show business isn't, we're all engaged in show business, mm -hmm. but telling your kids that mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's going to be helpful to me to be able to say to Leela, like on stage, dad is a, is a different dad podcast. Dad, it's a different mm -hmm. dad. They're all in there. Yeah. We just trot different ones out right. and guess what? And this sucks. It can suck you're going to be expected to be certain things at certain times. Yeah. And by the way, I fully green light you being the wildest, most liberated, most spacious, most, most Leela version of that expectation. Mm -hmm. But on graduation day, you're going to have to wear a stupid hat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, right. it's both. Right. And she does even now need to learn, like there are things like in a, in a restaurant, you can't scream, you know, That's right. you can scream outside of the restaurant. And you know what? And she needs to teach us that you can scream in a restaurant. <laughs> know. You know what I mean? It goes both <laughs> ways. Both. It yeah. goes both ways. Um, all right. Well, that's all we have time for today. <laughs> yeah. We do a good 90 minutes. I'm glad we had an extra long one um, for the 200th. Absolutely. <laughs> I thought it was the 200th or the 100th. I really can I cannot believe we we've done a hundred episodes, and also, 
It feels like we've done even more than that. Yeah, I, I would believe it was 200, but, but not in a bad way. Yeah. All the questions, so many of the questions I got is what, what this gives to us. Yeah. And if we're glad that we're doing it. And you said this earlier, but like, I do think there's something sacred, not just about this, about setting aside time. And I never, it's a beautiful privilege of my life that I never worry about our relationship. That doesn't mean I neglect it, but you don't have to be having problems to like benefit from setting aside time and attention. Yeah. So I hope, uh, you guys are finding that too. I'm talking to the weirdos, Mm -hmm. um, with friends, Mm -hmm. with, with pets, it doesn't matter, but something that you, that you can set aside. Yeah. And that's been wonderful for me. So thank you, Val. Yeah, thank you. And I, I'm... We're out of time. I want to thank the listeners too, because this is something that's so personal. Like we really are ourselves on this podcast and we let little peeks into, you know, our relationship and our life and our, our personal pasts and traumas and our most, our most personal work. So for it to resonate with yeah. anybody else is really lovely. And it really does feel like the people who are listening and enjoying this must be some sort of soulmates because it, it couldn't be more personal. Yeah, so I agree. There's, there's some similar frequency that we're finding. And if I were to thank the fans, the weirdos, the listeners, it would look something like this. <laughs> we're out of time. It, Sometimes when I pitch the show to people, I say, we don't have the biggest numbers, but the people that listen to the show are the right people. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm talking about when I'm trying to get a guest Mm -hmm. and it's totally true. Yep. Not only, I just run into people, creative, interesting, wonderful, talented, loving weirdos all the time. Mm -hmm. People doing the work, people with open hearts, people creative, people funny, people interested, curious. And then, and then that shows when like I pitch the show to somebody that I really admire and they listen to the show. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, what's going on here? So it's such a great group. We're not, you know, I don't have to mention the the huge podcast, but like it's this really good 10 year refined cream of the crop that listen. And we're really grateful for you guys. Yeah. Good quality. Good quality. Cucumberland. Quality Cucumberland Farms, Ooh. a convenience store. Wait, so much more. There's <gasps> a New England convenience store called Cumberland Farms. With, okay, so I'm going to do one. Eureka Glass, your clear choice. The professionals leading the way with excellence, excellence. And prices you can be sure are the best. It's total uh, products and something and quality where all your work is guaranteed. Eureka glass, your clear choice. (sighs) I wish we had glass needs. You you went somewhere with guaranteed. (laughs) I did. Guaranteed. (laughs) (gasps) I mean, I sing it exactly how it is sung. (laughs) That was excellent. Um, Okay, everybody. Keep it crispy. 800-588-2300-EMPIRE. We had that one too. Today. (laughs) Say it again. Keep it crispy.